Episode 113 is not unlucky, right? That's just episode 13. Uh, I don't know what was episode 13. (laughs) Who knows? So for those who were curious, episode 13 was the beer apocalypse. The beer apocalypse. And it came one episode after episode 12, Baby Hitler. Okay. We got we to gotta get back to the catchy titles. We, yeah. uh, I don't <laughs> maybe, know. maybe I'm not sure we do. <laughs> so wait, so I'm assuming we talked about the apocalypse, I, there... or did we just have way too many beers that episode? I'm not really <laughs> sure. Welcome to episode 113 of Pub Theology Live, a weekly conversation on life and faith over a craft brewed pint, a fine wine, or whatever happens to be in your glass. Of course, you can catch new episodes weekly as the Reverends Shannon Meacham, Ogan Holder, and yours truly, Brian Burkoff, address and engage what's happening through a theological lens, usually with a good brew in hand. And while you have that good brew in hand, also pull out your wallet and show us some love and support on Patreon. Uh, you can now become a supporter and help keep this engine running. And you know what? I didn't check to see if we got new supporters this week. You know what? I'm going to pull that up while I talk. I can multitask. So uh, what you can do is head over to pubtheology.com. Uh, sorry, patreon.com slash btlive. Maybe it shouldn't multitask. Patreon website works. Slash btlive or probtheology.com to get a link there. And um, the, the, the best thing about becoming a supporter is past that, just past that basic level, you have access to some extended interviews that we do with special guests. You can also get some swag, um, you know, other good, other good stuff. So uh, go ahead and join us show some love and um uh no new supporters no new all right friends it's time to step up come on chris Chris, christmas gifts will be nice i was gonna say if you were waiting till christmas now is the time now is the time santa will know if you were naughty or nice (laughs) or jesus the way that some people see do we operate in the in the realm of guilt here or what or why not or, or technically, we, we will we will know also because we can see. We also, we more know. importantly, we know whether you've been on here. <laughs> but no, no, no punishments if you're not. But just gratitude if you are. I'll Although say. episode one fourteen might be a lump of coal. I'm just saying. Oh, oh Lord. Well, we've been there before. Um, you can join our conversation on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram using the hashtag #PTLive. Follow at Pub Theology for those platforms and check out video clips from the show on IGTV or watch us on YouTube for extra content. You can leave us a voicemail at 980-PT-LIVE-0 or 980-785-4830 or email us at info at pubtheology.com. We'd love to hear from you, questions you'd like us to discuss, comments on previous discussions, anything you want us to know. Today we discuss Christmas, favorite movies, tra- favorite movies <laughs> and traditions, how to find spiritual meaning and depth amid all the commercialism, and we may even dip our toes into some theology around the incarnation. Um, why, why should, uh, what do you mean we made dip our toes? And that's the whole point of this podcast. We've got the name yeah. theology in the title. Look, think- I, I put may there because I know like Christmas movies and or commercialism could just take us sideways and we may never get that far. So I don't want to, I don't want to over promise. Oh, geez. Okay. <laughs> You're right. Under promise and over deliver. Good yeah, point. Thank you. Thank you. Um, by the way, what are you drinking today, Ogan? Uh, my usual, my usual uh, holiday fare, uh, rum-soaked eggnog. Um, rum-soaked eggnog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I had Rum it. I had it soaked in eggnog. <laughs> I, I had, I had my, had it sitting in my little ice bucket, keeping chill there. Uh, yeah. Rum, rum-soaked eggnog. Yeah. Nice. Excellent. Although the ratios that I have is more like eggnog, eggnog, 
silked rum. Right. Sure. Yeah. I um we had a bunch of like Christmas oriented beer and I was like, oh yay, I'll drink Christmas beer. And then we drank it all this weekend. So I'm drinking um, which I've, you know, drunk I had um on the show before, but the Lagunitas little something something. But you know, for me it fits like a little something something for Christmas, you know, here we go. There you go. Here we a go. Something something mail. It's one of my favorites, I have to say. It's a good one. It is a good one. It is a good one. I am drinking uh today the sky high rye uh rye pale ale from uh from arcadia brewing in kalamazoo and uh, i did notice that uh our friends at arcadia uh, liked our facebook or our instagram post of this so nice. thank you friends for brewing a good beer and maybe uh maybe they'll even tune into an episode you never know absolutely we'd love to have them mm. all right so um if you have a Christmas tree, do you tend to put uh, white lights on it or colored lights? And do you feel strongly about it? No. Third option. <laughs> yes. what do you mean? Wait, what? No, yes, which one? <laughs> which one are you going there for, Shannon? What was your third option? No um, lights? No, both. Both. See, I, we have both. Yeah. Oh. We do have both. Oh, I didn't, I didn't even why. see that as an option. Well, because, so I'm allergic to pine. So I'm allergic to the pine sap. So I cannot have a live Christmas tree, which makes me Aww. extremely sad, like beyond sad, but I am deathly allergic. Anyway, I would have this upper respiratory infection every Christmas that I had real greens in the house. So mm. I had to do away with it finally. And so I did. So we had a pre-lit white tree that somebody gave us. Like a green tree with white lights. Let me clarify. Understood. Right. And it was pre-lit. And through the years, some of those lights have gone out. So we filled it in with color lights, but there's still sporadic white lights in it. So we have a very makeshift tree, which I adore. And it's got all, it's got big bulbs, little bulbs, white lights. Oh color yeah. Lights. There's also the big versus little bulbs. Yeah. We, I don't do blinking though. I, it, it distracts me. Yeah. Like I don't because I like to sit there and stare at the tree and I want it to all be one. Like, yes. I agree with that. No yeah. blinking lights. No blinking lights. When you when you started your response with I'm allergic to, I thought you were gonna go with colored lights. <laughs> I did too. I gonna, and, and I was like <laughs> Well, I was trying to explain why we have both color lights on, you know. <laughs> I was if, I had, with if we you. didn't have the white lights already. We would probably right. only put color lights on. We were talking about lights and you started with you being allergic. And I was like, wow, where's this going? I got it. I got it. No. I am not allergic to the light. That's on me. I, I, I jumped to conclusions and didn't, but, but, but I've been known to do that. Um, so, so this year, so previous years, we always did the little lights and they were always colored little lights. And, you know, as Christmas lights, tend to do certain sections go out and then you're either trying to find it or you know you, you tie off the the non-lit section mm -hmm. and all that and shove and it in the middle of the tree shove in the yeah. middle of the tree and <laughs> so yeah. last year after christmas you know when all the decorations are like go on sale for like 10 cents right yep. i bought this it's an led led set of lights and there's they're they're, they're there's some really cool things about this. It's one of the, the bulbs are a little bigger than usual. So this is the first year we've had big bulbs on the tree. And at first we didn't like it, but now it's grown on us. The other cool thing is how you put them on. It's not a string that you wrap around the tree. It's it. They're more like connected to this, uh, like, like hoop at the top that you put over the top and you just Whoa. drape them down. Oh, wow. The tree. So Whoa. there's none of that wrapping and stuff. But they're LED, so they they transition from colored to white. So it's, it's it's the best of all the worlds. Yeah. I mean, I like big bulbs, and I cannot lie. There you go. Really there it is. There it is. And, and and now I've I've also plugged them into one of my uh, smart home switches, so oh, yeah. I can I can yell at Google to turn on the Christmas tree. Nice. Oh, you're way ahead See, of me. I have, it, I have it plugged me. into the switch too. So like mine, you just flip the switch and it comes on, which is nice. Yeah. You guys are way, you know what I have to do? I have to like bend over to an impossible mm -hmm. to reach spot to turn the Christmas lights no. on and I hate it so every time. If you don't have the switch, you have to get the push, the, the extension cord that has the click like that you step yes. on. Like, yep. So if you don't have a switch to put them on, you get the extension cord, 
with that step thing and then you just walk next to it and step on it and then it goes wow and you know what is what the other coolest thing i bought last year for the first time ever a really 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 long and narrow funnel so that i can water the tree mm. without having to like dig under the presence interesting and you're just stuff. figuring out all the all the ways yeah. I, and i didn't know these things existed till last year and when i started sure. it was like oh my god best thing right best thing ever yeah that i do not miss i do not miss crawling <laughs> under the tree and getting like yeah. pine needles in my hair while i water it like i that's probably the only thing i don't miss about a real tree Wow. Brian, right. what about you guys? You're right, Brian. We 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 may not get to the theology today. See what, <laughs> see what I'm saying? We haven't even gotten to the movies yet. <laughs> see what I'm saying? So, um, my preference on a Christmas tree is probably the larger colored, multicolored bulbs. Mm -hmm. But what we have are the small white ones. <laughs> because they're someone else's preferred. Because lights. I'm not the only one deciding how the tree should look. Uh -huh. But how's that, I, how's that I, cell phone going? <laughs> uh, somewhere so by episode 200 that cell phone is going to come out of the box somewhere if if you are new ish and don't know what we're talking about i don't even know what episode that was but brian brian was having some uh some 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 internal dilemmas about how to how to gift cell phones uh to his children um, Shannon and I have been trying to set him straight. We'll see what happens. Um, we will see what happens. I think you're holding out for decided yet. So, I think I was going to say I think you're holding out for some for some Christmas surprises. Um, exactly. You know, so so we'll 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 see. Um, so anywho's. Yeah. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see what's under the tree. Uh, but we do have white lights, and you know it's grown on me, and now I kind of like it, and it lets the other decorations stand out. Right. Oh goodness. So, favorite Christmas movie? Uh, I like you know. I go I go old school with like It's a Wonderful Life. That that's that's a that's a standard one that that I think I really love. But I got to give a shout out for uh, on Netflix Christmas Chronicles, starring Kurt Russell. Okay, so I haven't watched it yet, and everybody's talking about this. Seriously, like Is I thought. It? I thought it was going to be. It was fun. It was fun. Was it? Yeah, I thought it was going to be a train wreck of a shit show, but you know, it actually it actually turned out okay. It I was mean, watchable. Yeah, it was not. So, it was more than watchable. More than did watchable. You all, did y'all watch a couple years ago the um, uh, Steve Mur no Murray Murray Bill Murray's Christmas special? Oh yeah. Mm. No, so that was not funny, except for the part where George Clooney comes out and like pops behind the tree and yells, yes. "Santa Claus wants some dove," and and it is still something we say in this house and make jokes about. <laughs> oh, like we watch that clip every year. It's so funny. It's That's so funny. awesome. I mean, I'm a traditionalist in terms of um, "It's a Wonderful Life" or uh, "Miracle on 34th Street." I like I watch this alone or just with the kids. I don't make Derek watch it or anything. But I like Little Women. I like to watch Little Women at Christmas. Is, um, that, is, is that a Christmas? Well, it starts with Christmas. Uh, um, it starts with them going, you know, the Christmas food, and and it kind of like marks the years at Christmas. Gotcha. It ends in spring, but it you know. So I've always kind of seen it. I've always watched it at Christmas. Well, then if we go by that standard, my my Christmas favorite is Die Hard. Well, so I was muted, but as soon as as soon as Brian said the the thing, I was like, Die Hard, Die Hard's my favorite. Christmas. Die Hard, yeah. And okay. Gremlins, we watch Gremlins every Christmas. That's right, well, that's a classic. Yeah, I mean, I I love me some Gremlins and uh, Love Actually. We watch Love Actually every year. Ah, uh, yes. I do. I mean, I really like that's become a that's become a favorite, you know. You know, I'm glad you mentioned that because I realized this year for the first time the similarities in terms of how they look. Uh, Andrew Lincoln and our very own Brian Berghoff, very similar <laughs> look. Wait, I mean, Brian now? should you um, the guy from Walking love Dead actually. in Love Actually? Yeah, Andrew Lincoln, the actor. He's the one that's in love with uh, Kira Knightley. Knightley. Is he really? Uh, maybe I've never seen Love Actually. <laughs> you clearly have not seen clearly Love Actually. Clearly have not. I have it's seen The Walking Netflix. Dead. 
It's on Netflix, so watch Love Actually. It's so good. Colin Firth. I love Colin Firth. Yes, great cast. Great cast. Great great cast. Hugh Grant's in it. Um, Just a uh, yeah, it's super fun. Super super fun. Cheating well, Idia Four. Oh, and it's now I'm Andrew Lincoln. Yeah, yeah, go for it. Um, yeah, and I uh, Laura Linney's in it. Um, Oh wow, you're wow. Oh yeah, and 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 what's his name? from uh, the villain in Die Hard, Snape. Uh, oh, uh, yes. Alan Rickman. Alan Rickman's go. in it, yeah. Alan um, Rickman's in it. Hmm. Yeah, I can't so. forget him. Yeah, I love Alan Rickman. Yeah. Um, really so, yeah, so, you know, those are pretty, I'm, I'm pretty standard. Oh, you know, we watch Emmett Otter every year. I, I don't know what that is. You don't know what Emmett Otter is? Well, now I know I'm, what you're both getting for listen. Christmas. Listen, man, I'm black and from the Caribbean, and I know what M and Otter is. How do exactly. you not know what this is? Come on. It's a Muppet thing. It's a Muppet yeah. thing. You're getting I... M and Otter for Christmas. Oh, my Lord. All right. So, my. And a step on thing for your Christmas tree. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and some colored lights. I don't. I I don't I don't know what a Land Rover I don't know what a Land Rover is. Do I get one for Christmas? <laughs> right, uh, <laughs> is that how this works? I said that's how it would seem. It. All I'm saying is that you now have a shed, which yes, you share, but you could have a little Christmas tree with some colored lights on it, and that's right. You know, you could you could do this yourself. Why is there no tree in the shed? Exactly, there should be a tree in the shed. I bet you could just like walk out in your little woods area and find. I could one. probably just go out back and get one. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, we've solved it. Let's wrap the show Yay. up. Solved Thanks it. for joining us, everyone. It's been great. <laughs> okay, favorite Christmas movie, Home Alone. So, really, I I <laughs> love I love me some Home Alone. I love it every time. I, I'm just huh. I can, can I say I haven't seen it in years. Yeah, I, I I went through a I went through a serious favorite Home Alone movie time too, and I think I just I just soured on it. Got, got, got I got tired of the song, the "Somewhere in My Window" song. Like, I got sick of the song. All right, Ooh, Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Can't forget Lampoon's. Oh, see, that's that's not my bag. I'm a fan. I'm a fan. No. All right, I, I've seen Let's that. Move on. It's been a while. I'll just say that. But Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Bruce Willis said it. Yes. We're ending the debate right now. There it is. Ending the debate. Ended. Then technically, so is Die Hard 2, but let's not speak of Die Hard. Sure, sure, sure. Have you um, seen Die Hard 2, Brian? No, and I only saw the first one a few years okay. ago. Well, Die Hard 2 is Die Hard 1, but at an airport. Literally the same movie. <laughs> it's oh, movie. my God. And people complained about Star Wars redoing themes. Yeah. I'm like, have you seen Die Hard? <laughs> Exactly. Or Rocky, for that matter. Right. <laughs> like, come on. All right. All right. So, moving beyond movies, uh, do you have a favorite uh, holiday and/or family tradition this time of year that um, that you just look forward to, or maybe that you miss that you used to do? I think the only thing that that, that we've done is um, every year we we buy an ornament, and mm-hmm. it's generally one that reflects. Um, or has some kind of theme around where we are currently living because we've we've moved quite a few times right um in 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 the, in the last 15 16 years so yeah so every every year we go to buy a new ornament i think that might be the only real tradition or the real the only one thing that is a staple some things we do some things we don't from year to year but there's always the ornament Nice. Yeah, we we buy ornaments from um, places we visited throughout the year. So every time we visit somewhere new, we grab something, and it's nice to put on the tree, you know, and remember. Yeah. Um, we don't we so we have an interesting. Um, I would say neither Derek or I. I mean, actually, movies are a big part of our Christmas tradition. Like we hunker down on Christmas Day and watch a bunch of movies and. Um, cause we don't get family Christmas till the day after, right. um, which is both like good and bad. Um, honestly, like it's a great day for us to relax, for me to recover from Christmas Eve services without having to turn on and be mom and be, you know, 
Like I can just, I start with mimosas and just kind of go throughout the day <laughs> nice. with my eggnog and whatever goes in it and whatnot. And we watch movies and we relax and we chill out. And then the next day the kids come, all the kids come and we, you know, tear into stuff. So a lot of it, I mean, a lot of it wraps around food for me. We have sausage cheese balls for breakfast and you know, that's a must. Yeah. We used to make those a lot too. Yeah. That's a must for Christmas morning. Um, there's a lot of like, there's a, you know, like I, I don't want to necessarily cook a lot on Christmas day. So there's just a lot of like charcuterie tray that sits out, you know, and we just kind of yeah. snack throughout the day. And we do have steak dinner that night, Derek and I, um, my favorite newish Christmas Eve service or, um, Christmas Eve tradition is that we, um, you know, we kind of have been adopted by a parishioner and her family. And so after the second Christmas Eve service, we go to their house and we are invited into their dinner as family and they love Derek and I, you know, very much. And it's their adult children and their family and us. And, and it's a very grown up dinner, you know, like you get, you know, you, you're dressed, everybody's dressed up. Everybody's, you know, it's, it's just wonderful. It's a wonderful, wonderful tradition that I really enjoy. Um, but yeah, we're, we're really, um, we have a lot of traditions that I love, but like, that's, that's kind of it, you know, just people. It's all about people and who we're with for me. Sure. For yeah. sure. What about you guys, Brian? Um, now, do you no. like, do you go like cut a tree down? Like, well, yeah, we usually, we, yeah, we do. Uh, actually, that a missed big tradition? I missed it this year. Uh, I don't remember where it was, but, uh, were you at a pub theology the, gathering? I came home and the tree was laying in the backyard. It had already been uh, cut. Uh, but yeah, often we'll go out in the backwoods here and uh, pick out a tree and cut it and and haul it back home. So that's always fun um, to do. And then uh, on Christmas Day, that's kind of our family time. We never have extended family stuff on Christmas Day. And our church stuff has been Christmas Eve. So um, we wake up and uh, make a big breakfast and then we do presents. Um, maybe they can open yeah. a couple stocking stuff for gifts, like right when they get up, but usually have a big breakfast and then we do our gifts and then we just kind of lounge around, play with something new we got, um, play some games. Uh, and then later in the day, we usually watch a movie. Um, but you know, it's just, it's just a nice, we don't have anywhere to go. So I, I like yes. that when that started, I don't remember when, but when we didn't have anything to do or anywhere to be, it just felt like, oh, I can actually enjoy this day, which was really nice. You know, yeah. you know what all of us are doing on Christmas Day this year? We're hopping on planes. Are you? And we're not all going to the same place either. <laughs> oh no, Joy. So Joy, Joy's going to Brazil, uh, the capital of Brazilia. My brother and his family live there. And wow. This, this was her. This was her big eighteen, eight, turning eighteen years old gift. Um, She's like, what do you want? And I said, what do you want? She goes, I want to go travel. And she had all these like really far exotic places. Sure. And I was like, like how about Brazil? How about, how about Brazil? <laughs> <laughs> you haven't been there since you were like six or seven mm-hmm. when you get married. My brother was getting married. Then why don't you go visit your family? Save me some money. Mm-hmm. So yeah. And, and she's nice. working and, and dancing right up till Christmas Eve. Um, and Christmas Day is a much more affordable day to travel. <laughs> it is. Christmas Day is a very affordable day to yeah. travel. And yep. then uh, Sarah and I are heading over, heading up to Cali to see her family. So, nice. yeah, we're we traveling on Christmas Day. There you go. Yeah, I, as a kid, I, you know, I was from a blended family and I traveled every single Christmas Day. And it's something that as an adult, once I had children, I refused to do. Like, no more. Um, and even giving, giving our kids and, and again, it works out for Derek and I, because, you know, we work and, and so right. the, the other parent gets Christmas day and, and we get to not, you know, I get to actually relax and I get to, that's actually, pretty nice actually. Yeah. yeah, it yeah. is. And then we, you know, the day after we have, a, we have a very clear tradition and routine. I mean, the kids, they all descend on the house at the same time and they get a pair of brand new pajamas. They change into their brand new pajamas. So everything looks like it's Christmas morning, even though it's December sure. 26th at about six o'clock at night, you know? Right. And, 
and it and it's and it's you know they they get to relax on christmas day we get to relax on christmas day they get excitement of another day not all your excitement's compounded you know it's that's great they get, they get two christmases i mean they really get two christmases versus like here's your christmas morning now go to your second christmas day you know like by the, way better by the way way yeah. better you guys's, you guys's Christmas card. Oh my God! All <laughs> up with a spoon. That was such a gorgeous picture. Yeah. My uh, sister took that when she was here at Thanksgiving. We were taking all these regular ones, and they're good. But I was like, okay, everybody, jump on everybody's back, and like we just did, and we snapped that picture, and it was just wonderful. And, and I, I think it's you. It's your Facebook, like. Profile, profile page, picture right profile now. Profile picture or, or, or banner picture, whatever, the top mm-hmm. of the Facebook page. But, but uh, you know, when I got it in the mail and I opened it, I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah, me too. And, it, and when I first looked at it, I'm like, wait, it looks like there's like six kids here. Are there more kids than I, than I thought there were? <laughs> Just because, you know, everybody's kind of like all over. and Right. But everybody's like perfectly framed and looking. Yeah, no, it's, it's, I Let me just say, that is a tradition. I love sending Christmas cards. Nice. I mean, and, and some people don't, and I'm fine with that. But I just want to put out there, like, there really are people, not only do I love sending them, I love receiving them. Oh. And like, that is a tradition that like, it, and again, it's not like I feel like it's dying, but I do if you don't love it, that's fine. And if you don't love getting mine, that's fine. Recycle my Christmas card. That it really is fine. I absolutely find so much joy in sending those out and getting other people's. And that's a tradition I will never, I will, I just will never stop. Well you know, doing we that. used to do it and I'll come across old ones and I'm like, Oh, why don't we do this anymore? And it's been like <laughs> six or seven years, I think since we've done it. And I, I do miss it. Yeah. Well, and Part of this is, I think, you know, I want a family picture every year. Like our dining room is family photos and there's the, the family photo of all of us. And then there's um, individuals of the kids. And so that's like having a photo shoot is something that I do every year. Nice. You know, that's important to me. Um, So before we move on to next questions, a couple of posts from people on the social medias, uh, uh, favorite Christmas movie? We got a Christmas Carol. Um, yeah, specifically the, the Mickey one Mouse one. Alistair Sim, <laughs> Mickey Mouse one. Uh, this uh, uh, this person, her, their name is Attila. Huh? Nice name, Attila. Uh, uh, one with Patrick Stewart's good. I'm a George C. Scott um, diehard myself for Christmas Carol. We got Love Actually. Uh, um, it's actually pronounced Attila. Just FYI, Attila. Friend of oh, mine. My apologies, Attila. Um, Attila, though, that's a great conversation starter. I know, for sure. Uh, we got Tommy with Charlie Brown Christmas, Kristen White Christmas, um, Carrie also with the Christmas story in love, actually. Go Tim, die hard. Uh, and we got another vote from Dory for love, actually. And. Susan over on Twitter says the lion in winter. I am not familiar with that one. What is the lion in winter? Yeah, I saw uh, that too on Twitter. I don't, I don't know who, I don't know that movie. Send, it, send us the description there, uh, Susie. And uh, yeah, is that so like thank a, you guys a, for weighing in. Yes, thank you for weighing in. Uh, I was going to say lion in winter. Maybe that's like uh, Christmas in Narnia or something. I was just about to say, is that a witch in the wardrobe kind of thing? Oh, so by the way, oh my God. Quick, quick, hilarious discussion. Uh, so my my sister-in-law, uh, Jennifer's sister, who also, uh, her name is also Sarah, which just lends to lots of confusion. Um, uh, they are f- uh, very hardcore evangelical and they don't want their little girl. She's, I want to say six or seven now, maybe eight. They don't want her to read Harry Potter books at all yeah. because of the whole, you know, witchcraft sort of Because they want to protect her from really so, good no, stories. Yeah, exactly. So, By the so, way, I have two sisters named Sarah, so don't even. Okay. It's, your, it's confusing. Um, so, <laughs> so Joy and I came up with a plan to get her, to get him the Harry Potter, and we're going to start with the Narnia stories, Line the Witch in the Wardrobe. Oh, yeah. um, you know, 
the 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 creator C.S. Lewis is right. it no it was it C.S. Yeah, Lewis C.S. yeah C.S. you know Lewis. big hardcore Christian right and and this was a whole Christian mythology then from there she's getting a little older we'll go with the hobbits yeah because Tol- uh, Tolkien Tolkien also a big yeah. Christian dude so by now we're well into you know witchcraft and, it, and, and by that, that age she's yeah. like got her own kindle or device exactly that you can just sneak it in exactly and then then we go yeah harry potter we got a, we got a whole plan laid out we do you have a plan oh goodness it's like the, the the fellowship of the ring <laughs> or something <laughs> or something or something, whatever. We got a plan. I've I've said to Joy, you are you are this child's only hope for any sort of normalcy and corruption. So so, so we've got to strategize. We've got to strategize. I mean, not to not to whatever, um, but like most everything we have talked about, even our favorite traditions. Like, I mean, now we're three ministers talking about our favorite Christmas traditions, and I'll be really honest. Like, Christmas Eve service is not one of my favorite traditions. Like, yeah, it's because really? of the work night. Really? <laughs> well. It's not just because, I mean, so, okay. So there's the work night, I'm working aspect to it. I I don't get to get my kids ready. I don't get to, you know, have family. I'm gone most of the day, you know, that kind of thing. But I'm also, um, for us at least, we have a very intimate connection in our church worship services. And there is a energy around that spirit and that connection. Uh, and the newbies show up. And the new, and the people from the community show up on Christmas Eve. And you know what, it, which is great. And yet it changes the energy in the room. Yes. Right. And I don't enjoy myself. I can't, I don't feel free to be myself, right? I feel very regimented and like, say this script and that I'm this like mantelpiece kind of thing up there. Um, one of the things I do love, I will say this, I, I don't even love lighting the candles and singing Silent Night. What I do love is seeing, um, because I get to stand up front and I get to see, it's a very beautiful picture to watch every, like this room full of people holding a candle oh, yeah, it's gorgeous. when it's dim. It's, that's very beautiful. And I seek out the people that I love and things like that. So that part I do like, but you know, I get over and over again for people in terms of tradition, like it's just not Christmas until we hold that candle. And I'm like, (laughs) whatever. (laughs) So, so I kind of have a similar and opposite response in that. um, Yes, it is. It is a work night. um, So I'm not like just totally immersed into the enjoyment of it. Um, But, but I love I, I I love the newness of the people who mm. come in, um, and and I love that more often than not I kind of I kind of this you know to jump ahead to to the theology part of this conversation. Um, this is the uh, I also like to do the whole you know demystifying a lot of the Christmas story and, and mm. breaking it down, and um, and that either startles a lot of the new folk or mm-hmm. or it really um in, invites them in because they're like because f- for for many of them they they have long let go of the, right. the the belief in the little story they just show up to church on christmas eve or on easter out of habit you right. know out of tradition or, well, or they're making family, their mom happy or whatever yeah family yeah. drug them there yeah. so for them it's refreshing for somebody to 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 hear a minister you know, intimate that no, Mary wasn't a virgin, and no, this Christmas story is all messed up. However, we can still get some value out of it, and they'll be like, "Well, that's a that's a really nice, refreshing take." So, so I kind of I, I kind of like dispelling the myth to new people. You like to ruin Christmas for people, right? Every, I was gonna say every damn take year. the magic out every damn. Okay, let the me ask you this. Tires. But no, it's not about ruining Christmas. It's a, no. it's about letting people know, hey, you don't you don't have to throw out everything because you stopped believing that this literally happened. You can still you can still uh, pull 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 spirituality. You can still pull wisdom. You can still pull so much out of the story and this event without having to believe that. Here here's the middle ground uh, sort of deal. So, but will you so I break pushed? it apart and then put it back together? Fair enough. You're and such I, a nine. I, I do some of that myself. But but do you get pushback <laughs> if you say Santa isn't real? 
Oh yeah, I can't say that out loud. You can't say no, that. No, you can't. No, no. no. Now wait, are both of you Sacred. introverted? <sighs> or, or what now? Are both of you introverted? Introverts. Are you introverts? Um, yes. You know what? Uh, Brian is. Myers on the Myers Briggs. I'm half half. Okay. Like. like and oh, I mean, I only ask that because my um, I'm 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 you know right. I'm a flaming extrovert. Right. There's no doubt about that. Pun, in, pun, pun intended with the red hair. Right with red hair. <laughs> um, but but so my energy for for ministering during worship comes from the room. Like I need that room's, um, it, it's not about adoration, right? I can't play I it an empty that. room, Mitch. It can't be an empty room. I, right. <laughs> it can't be an empty room. Nice. Um, like I, I need the, the, I need them to be in. Let yeah. me put oh, it that sure. way. Yeah. Right. And so when a bunch of people come that are, peripheral that are not in that are just sitting there that don't want to be there that's my energy level goes yeah. that's, you know I, I don't think that's an introvert extrovert thing that's a public speaker thing okay um, okay because because i guess i don't know any different because yeah. i'm that way oh, extra no. you know i'm an yeah when when the people an extrovert that's my experience when, when the people aren't engaged and in and connected with you it's like so much harder it's like pulling yeah. teeth to get yeah the, the the energy up and moving um and so i end up you know i end up telling stories on christmas eve more i mean i'm a storyteller anyway but like i'll end up telling stories in a way that will help people have a shared experience so that they by the time we do get to the candle we have bonded right like right i mean that's really the the you know the goal of that service if you will but it's different than a regular service let's just it's yeah. it is my 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 tradition as minister on christmas eve in the service is usually to read a children's story um a, a children's christmas story of some mm -hmm. sort um and, and and make and you know create the message out of that this year is the first year i will not be doing that so it'll be interesting to see what happens yeah you know. we have two services christmas eve we have a family very kid friendly kid active involvement service and then we have a traditional service with you know so that's, do that. that's where uh -huh. I, there's one where i read the right. story and the contemporary team plays and the blah 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 and then the second is the adult sermon and the choir sings and organ and angel wings happen yeah. I used to do that, but uh, that's too much work for Christmas Eve. I'm so tired at the end of the night. Like, you know? I, I, no, I'm I'm exhausted. But I I that's what we. I mean, we couldn't fit everybody in on one service. Last Which, year, we so we've always yay. had two services, right. and last year, remember Christmas Eve was on the Sunday. Oh my gosh, that was the lowest attended evening worship ever. <laughs> but what we did was we did we did Sunday morning service as usual. Mm -hmm. Did we? I think we did. And then we just we, did one Christmas Eve service instead of doing mm -hmm. the usual two. Because I'm like, we don't need to be here. That's what I wanted them to do. Yeah. And, and after doing do it, it once, after just doing one service, I was like, we doing this again next year. We right. did no Sunday morning service and only Sunday evening. So we did lessons and carols in the morning. And it was like one of the biggest attended days of the year. Wow. It was huge. Yeah. And then nobody came that night. Yeah, nobody. Right. That well, that's nobody what we said. We're not doing two because people aren't coming twice. Right, but but and so you know I can't really take that into consideration on whether to go down to one service or not because that was such a strange year. Yeah, you know, that was that that's was... not normal for us. You know, but anyway, but I I do I you know what I do connect very deeply with. Because Christmas and Easter are so hard because it's the same story over and over and over again, right? Yep. So I have been in the pulpit for 15 Christmases, and I have to find something new and interesting to say about this. And I don't have it, right? right. <laughs> like, I don't have anything new or interesting to say. And yet, there's always some beautiful angle to find. Yeah. And, you know, so this year I'm doing, um, I'm doing inspired by our... One of our um, breakout uh, uh, videos, if you're a Patreon member, um, Carol Howard Merritt's I Am Mary, um, you know, whatever. Devotional. And then, 
her devotional. Yes. Thank you. That's the word devotional. I got you. Um, I got your back. I'm doing Mary's I'm doing first person narratives on Mary's account. We're in a year of joy. So we're doing joy for all people. And, and so I'm doing that this year, but um, a few years ago, you know, I very, very much connect, especially on Christmas Eve with the idea that um, God became human. Like I, I very deeply connect with the incarnation um, in terms of God wanting to know us better. Like, I love you. And as a parent, I really deeply get this. I love you with everything that I have, but if I could experience everything that you're experiencing, mm. I could know how to love you better. And that's what I really want. That's what I really want to do. I want to know how to love you better. And yeah, the rest, I, don't, I don't want to experience what my kid is experiencing. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, <pass> on that <laughs> one. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, I want to be honest. Like I have a daughter that I love dearly that she and I, we've done the love languages thing, which has been very, very helpful, but she and I speak very different love languages. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And I, I struggle to be compassionate sometimes with her from her perspective. Right. Right. And so to connect, to, so the, so the idea that God wanted that with us is very deep and very meaningful to me. And that, that to me is part of that Christmas story that I, I genuinely love. Um, and I connect very deeply with some, something, someone, some creation that wants to love me better. Yeah. Like, I, I just think that's beautiful. And so Shannon, you would probably say that um, the incarnation in, as it's presented in the Christmas story, that that is a unique, um, Jesus is slash was uniquely divine in a way no other human being ever was or will be or is. So I believe that. <laughs> say it with conviction come on <laughs> okay no, no no here's like i believe that i do not understand it yeah because uh, i do believe god dwells and lives in all of us right i do not i cannot comprehend that and i'm also okay with the fact that i cannot comprehend it right so i, wait, wait, wait. I, I had a friend who what, what? yeah what is the part that you're not comprehending God living in each and every one of us, or that it was just that Jesus incarnation, Jesus being God incarnate. So I, if I simultaneously believe that God lives and dwells in each one of us, uh -huh. why then God needs to become, come separate, like an experience, what we experience. Can't God do that through living and dwelling in each one of us? Yes and no. So yes, because God lives our experience intimately through us. I believe that. Mm -hmm. But until it's the, um, so let's go back to something hard. Like um, the moment you became a parent and your heart grew three sizes that day, right? Mm -hmm. And um, people have said to me before I became a parent, oh, the love, oh, the love. You've never experienced love like this. And I'm going, okay. But until that moment happened, I didn't understand. It's like secondhand experience versus primary experience. Yes. Right? And so that's what I kind of think God needed. Like I've, I've been experiencing this through you all this time, but I need to know what this is like myself because I'm not getting it. And that's where my progressive theology comes in. Like God learns, God, God grows and learns throughout this. Time. Yeah. I like so, that too. And I, and, and I think I'm probably somewhere in between the two of you. Like I, I want to hold on to this idea that Shannon is talking about as well. And it, and it makes a lot of sense to me thinking about it that way. And there's certainly a lot of Christian theology built around that view. Um, but it's, it's tricky. Part of me also wants to go the other way and say, well, Jesus just manifested the divine at a level higher than any of us, but all of us has the capability to, um, to experience the indwelling of God at that same, in that same way. We just hadn't seen it to that level 
um, or we rarely see it at that level that we see it in Jesus versus this is a unique historical event for all time. And it really did need angels and trumpets and wise men because it was such a historic event. Like it's hard for me to let go of that also. And I don't know if I need to. So like Shannon, there's a little bit of a leaving it in mystery and saying, I don't understand it. It's tricky. So, so let me say this, a friend of mine, she was going through a crisis of faith. Right. And she said to me, and you know, she'd been drinking, which is fine. And she kind of grabbed me and she said, but how do you know? I need to know. And I said, Rachel, I don't know. I don't know any of this. And she freaked out, by the way, she totally freaked out that a minister just said, I don't don't know. know, (laughs) A minister of the word and sacrament. Right. There's no hope for me. And I said, no, no, no. My not knowing is hope for you. I don't know. I believe. Hmm. Right. Like, I believe this is true. I don't know, but it's not. I have made peace with and maybe it's a cop out, but I I have found peace in the fact that, like, I don't know the mind of God and I'm fine with that. So this is what I believe and I don't understand it and I don't know because if I, I also think that if I ever get to a place of knowing, I have lost all faith. I have lost all belief. Well, right. There wouldn't be a need for faith. Exactly. If, if, if you know. Then I'm the one saying, I, I am God, right? I'm claiming the mantle of God if I know. And, and for me, I always tell people, the goal is not to know. The goal is to be comfortable in not knowing. Right. That's, and that's so for, for I sure. lean into my belief in, so I also can sit here and say Jesus as fully human in his life was the greatest in my, in my, um, maybe not. So Jesus makes sense to me, right? So this is why I'm Christian and not something else, but he is the example of which to follow in perfect humanness. Um, I actually have issue like whether or not Jesus was perfect or blah, blah, blah. I don't really care. It's not important to my theology. Like he was, this is the example I am to follow of good, like the example of justice, the example of compassion and mercy and grace here on earth. Yeah. But, but as to the idea of like God being born in a child and, and doing that to experience life in a way that you can't from quote unquote sitting on high somewhere else. Yeah, I think far. that's beautiful. I think that's wonderful. So can you be fully human and not have sinned? I I do sometimes wonder about that. We talk about fully human. And Mm -hmm. around this time of year, we often talk about uh, Mary being a virgin, but we rarely talk about whether Jesus was a virgin or not, which I think most people would just default and say, absolutely. And, uh, you know, but if you're fully human, I'm just saying. God, I hope not. I mean, (laughs) Oh, oh my goodness. So again, um, I think that goes back to one's definition of sin. <laughs> uh, so, right. so in my, in my tradition, sin is not since any, any time we forget and, and speak, think or act as anything less than the divine potential that we are, then that's a sin. It's not so much, I think in the traditional sense of disobeying God or doing something that God wouldn't have prove up or say it's 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 just that so you know when when i forget that in 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 indeed in god there is no lack god is the definition of abundance uh that uh you know like this 23rd psalm says lord is my shepherd i shall not want when i forget that and i go into my desperation place of of lack and 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 refuse to share or refuse to to, to be generous then that's the then that's the sin. I, I've forgotten who I truly am. Yeah. I've forgotten that God is existing as me, as opposed to you know in me. And that as versus in mm-hmm. language in for me makes makes the whole world of of difference. Um, yes, God existed as the human Jesus. God's also existing as the human me and the human you. Um, so 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 for me, that's 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 where you can go with that. So if that's the definition of sin, then yes, we, we've all sinned. One could argue that even Jesus has sinned because there were some things that he did that clearly were not coming from that place of, you know, compassion, love, 
whatever. Um, you know, he was angry. There was, there were just, you know, beating on people. There was a whole sort of, we can can pick all these, all these things out. And again, as I've said, that doesn't, that doesn't disillusion Jesus for me to to the point Shannon was making. That gives me all the hope in the world, Right. (laughs) You, you, you know, that, that, that I too can be, the embodiment and the ex- full expression of the divine that Jesus was. He wasn't n- necessarily the unique event. He was, he was just um, an extra special example um, right. that, 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 that we can all follow, which, which makes the Christmas story that much more interesting when you got to break it down. And I think Brian, going back to your question, like does sin is, I mean, I think it's a great one to ask if you cannot sin or if you do not sin, does that actually make you fully human? I think that's an amazing question. Does sinning make you human or does having free will make you human, which can cause right. sin, if you will, sure. right? And I think that where, where I kind of reconcile that is to say Jesus did have free will. Yeah. And, you know, where, where, um, not just the Garden of Gethsemane story, right? But the, just the continued choice that he, he could do. I mean, the fact that he went off and prayed to God, being God, praying to God, that's free will, right? That's, that's the separation that I, that I sit there and say, then yes, fully human humanity happened in him because of free will. Mm. That, so I think, it's a, I, I think it's a wonderful question to explore. I also don't know that sin makes me human, but free will makes me human. I like that. Yeah. That's a good, it's a nice take. Yeah, and then there's also the idea that, you know, part of the, um, part of the advantage of, of seeing Mary as, or seeing the conception of Jesus as being holy and without a man's involvement is that, it was seen as original sin was seen as passing from male to their children. And so if Jesus, you know, wasn't in the normal progression of how humans arrive, he was somehow exempt from inheriting original sin as well. I mean, insert joke here about men and sin, sins of the father. There you go. There you go. There you go. I mean, listen, I mean, let's just go back to that story, right? Like, Let's go back to the Hebrew where Eve makes this decision and all of this blame gets put on Eve when it is in the Hebrew text and Hebrew scholars will back me up on this, that with her husband who was with her, like Adam was not absent from this moment, from this story, like, and all, and, and so it's, women are not perfect and pure and all of this bullshit that we've, you know, it's, it's not the sin or, or it's not the whore or the saint, right? We're not, we're not the virgin or the whore. There's, 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 we're both and all and everything in between. Right. For sure. And, and that's fine. And I, I don't even care if Joseph is the biological father. I don't even care if virgin means young, like that's where my part in this comes in of like, that doesn't that that goes back to that knowing versus faith part. I don't give a shit. I just don't. Yeah. I love that God wants to love me better. I love that. Yeah. Like I find comfort in that. I, it, I like I'm elated in that because the world is hard and I believe in God and I believe in goodness and truth and So <laughs> I hear you. And so would you say that the theology of the incarnation for you feels like a, a core piece of, of what um, you find meaning in, in, in your Christian faith and that maybe do you feel that that might be lacking if you were um, considering uh, becoming a Hindu or a Muslim or a Jew or a Buddhist? Do you feel like that intimacy piece is harder to find in some of those other traditions or comes out in other ways? Um, I mean, personally, I, so I have a background in, you know, um, like interreligious studies, right? Mm -hmm. And I had to make a decision and I've written about this and I've talked about this. I had to make a decision of like, 
I knew I needed to follow a faith. So which one was I going to choose? Because so many of them spoke to me and so many of them made sense to me. Yeah. And, and I, I think I've even said this on the show before, right? The Garden of Gethsemane was my moment of, I understand this God or this God understands me. And I, but I also think every major religion or maybe not every single one, but they have this kind of connection in them and you can find this yeah. connection in them. This makes sense to me. This is what I've reconciled with and I've chosen to follow. It's, I, I'm not, Jesus is the way, the truth and the life for me. And I yeah. get it and I understand it. I don't think that God forsakes Hindus or Buddhists or Jainists or anybody or Muslims or anybody else right. for not following Jesus. So you choosing God a path, you choosing a path is not a denigration of other paths. Not at all. Yeah. This is my traditional family. This is my um, westernized worldview. This is, this is how I figured it out. And this is how I found God. So glory be, right? Like, yeah. great, wonderful. Pass the egg now. Oh, oh. Power to the people. <laughs> all, all roads lead to Rome, um, as they say. Whoa. Um, wait. Mm, that's a different. Oh, that's, that's, Wow. <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry. I'm talking a lot this week. But, you know, there. It's no, a that's, that's, it's a two-beer episode. Yeah, that's 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 quite all right. Um, so when you speak of other other faiths and other traditions and religions, the the you know the hero born from virgin and divine being that whole demigod thing that is like you know standard quid pro quo for exactly. for the hero in so many mythologies and so many religions right. that it doesn't it 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 for me it loses its specialness in the Christmas story. So okay. you're saying not that unique. No, well, it's not that unique. Do we remember Hercules, Perseus? I mean, well, and it's in Luke. Those were just legends, speaking. though, Ogan. <laughs> it's. I mean, the virgin part is 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 nice. <laughs> is mostly important in Luke, which is the the gospel to the Gentiles. Let's not lose that piece, right? Matthew right. just goes straight to Joseph. Don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife. Right. Right, but it does say the virgin was with child in Matthew. And again, again, to Shannon's point, what what does the word virgin mean? <laughs> right? The young woman who tradition says moved in with you as soon as you were engaged right. is with child and don't be afraid to continue to marry her. And mm. I'm fine with that. I have yeah. no issue with that whatsoever. And let's and 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 perhaps let's take it to 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 the nth extreme perhaps mary was like you know in command of her sexual agency and she's like you know what i want to sleep around a little bit good times oh i thought you were going to say she just had the power to say i'm, I'm going solo on this one and i'm just going to flip the switch and be pregnant well me hey. <laughs> so i'm not going to say and, that i i actually disagree i don't think mary was in charge of her sexual agency i'm also not going to say that that joseph was the father necessarily because of the way that i know occupation right. works yeah, there's there is that that's, story. That's right, and there was an early uh, early Christian uh, writing in, uh, in the early second century uh, accusing uh, accusing Jesus of having an illegitimate father, being a Roman soldier. Right. Yes, yeah. which yeah. let's not lie could very easily have happened. Could right, very easily have happened, and because that's what occupation women were for. I think they had I think they had to clean up the Jesus story because they elevated him to this status, you know, post crucifixion. Right. And they couldn't have any blemishes in the record. Right. Well, they had to elevate it to to Isaiah. They had to match it up with the prophecy. That too. Yes. I mean, the, that's what a, Matthew did. That's that's yeah. right. And I, again, I want to go back to this though. I don't have a problem with any of that. That doesn't, if that diminishes my faith in Christ, then I have bigger issues. Yeah. I, I, like, I just want to say that out loud. Like, I don't have a problem with any of this historical argument. Right. None of this makes my faith go to disbelief. I, I agree. And it's, it's, and what I want to say to people who use the, prophecies to support the jesus story is if you want to if you want to use a fact to support a fact it, they all can't come from the same source that that's, <laughs> that's not how news. 
that's not how scientific method works. There you go. Or foxes. That's, that's not how, that's not how, that's not how how it works. What I don't have a problem with is prophets and God even getting the message to as many people as possible and, and saying it in a way that will have them open their ears to listen. Right. That's what I don't have a problem with. No, I don't either. And and I think what's happening is the gospel writers are shaping their narratives using the texts that they know. And so they're saying, yes. hey, where can I find something to 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 create a powerful narrative? Well, I already know some texts and I'm going to use those. Um, there's a text in Isaiah 61 that talks about kings coming from the east uh, to, right. you know, to... Um, to the light, which is going to dawn, you know, it could be easy to pull out of that a story about a star and three magi from, from the East. I'm not saying that that's exactly what happened, but it's not, it's not out of the realm of good possibility that that is what happened. I just think there's more important things to argue about than those. Yeah. And so um, I do want to ask, so you said, you know, none of this historical stuff feels problematic. Um, And it, for me either, I don't think for any of the three of us, uh, I'm sure we have listeners in various places, but what do you feel like the role is as a pastor in naming some of these um, sort of biblical scholarship pieces that do feel problematic to traditional understandings? Does it feel appropriate to bring that up? Ogan noted that's one of the things he enjoys. I'm guessing uh, we all have a sort of different context in which that feels more or less appropriate. Um, any, Any thoughts about that? I, I I think if we're if we're being good pastors, so if we are sitting here as pastors who know this and have reconciled this, and to Shanna's point, still still can do what we do and believe what we believe, then I think we owe it to tell people and let them know, let them make their own decisions. Because I think that when we don't do that, we are perpetuating a lot of myth, misconception, and just outright deception. We. Mm. But it's Christmas, Ogan. Come I, on, why so, you got Okay, be- right. I don't disagree, but not on Christmas Eve. <laughs> okay. I don't disagree. And and people will what I hear even in my own head right now is yeah. uh-huh. you're putting the the myth of Christmas, the even the commercial of Christmas over the actual story. And to which I say it doesn't matter because not on Christmas. Christmas Eve is not the time for me to debunk the theory. Why not? Like why? 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 Why not that day? Why that? Not that day. Enjoy your why, present, kid. By the it? way, Santa's not real. Exactly. So because but, that reality doesn't need to come on Christmas Eve. So it's okay. That's traumatic. Hang on. So it's okay for that reality to come. Like so. So this year. Christmas Eve is on Monday. You're going to have church on Sunday. So it's okay to, to do that on Sunday, but not the very next day. Yes, Someone because talk- I know those people. <laughs> and I have a relationship. I know those people and I have a right. relationship with those people and we can have a conversation. And I'm glad you said that. So because of the relationship I have with the people who I pastor and I'm the minister of, this is not going to surprise them on nope. Eve. the people who walk in you, it will surprise them. Yes. And for me, I'm like, I want to make sure that when you come on Christmas Eve and then you show up the Sunday after, you're not doubly surprised because I said something that seems counter to what I said Christmas Eve. You know what you're walking into. Yes, but here's what I need. Ogan, I need you to exist so that church, so that people that need that can go to your church. And I need people that need what I have to give to yeah. come to my church, right? right. Yes. I need all of us. I, Absolutely. I do not function within a vacuum. But what I need on Christmas Eve is to, it's not about perpetuating the myth. It's to lean into the parts of the story that are mysterious and that are that are loving and kind and and again, it's not that you're not doing that. It's just you're doing it in a different way. And this is how we're the body. This is how we work together. And I'm also giving you a hard time. I, I am usually gentler on, on Christmas Eve. Well, and it's just a matter of we, some, we, lose fa- we lose sight of the fact that we need each other. Exactly. exactly. I need I, unity to exist so I can do what I do, you know? Yes. 
so that when so that when they come to my church and you know they call me the heretic pastor they need something a little more to meet them where they're at and then you can send them to a church down the road that can give them that like we need each other and that's the gospel that's the christmas story that we need each other well said and fight me on that if you want I, I, I got nowhere. This to go was there. good. I, 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 I nowhere to go on that. <laughs> I kind of, I kind of threw one out there, knowing we'd have a little bit of sparring. But I, I, I think it's important to think about this. And and again, we're all in different contexts and serving different communities. And I think the key is to know who am I serving and how can I best serve yes. them. I think what we don't disagree on is that whatever life throws at us in whatever way, love is the answer to overcoming it. Absolutely. I think that is that is the common thread that the that we can all find in the Christmas story. Yes. Yeah. Um, Love just, is the answer. I, I I just wrote about that. Like pretty much everybody in the story demonstrated that the the, the yes. innkeeper, Mary and Joseph, the wise men, the shit. Like every right. Every, everybody but Herod demonstrated love. <laughs> well, Herod is more about self love. Herod bad. Everyone else good. <laughs> Herod, Herod, Herod was love gone amok. Herod was the Herod right. was the abomination of Herod. Of, what is what happens when narcissism takes love over? You exactly. know exactly right. Which again, you know, Christmas becomes more relevant every year. Every year. Well, yeah. There's there is that narcissistic. Well, there is that. I mean, not. I think that's where the commercialism slash narcissism of Christmas comes in. You know, when we, when we step away from, when we step away from the, 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 the story, the message, what's behind it. And we get caught up into the, the egotistical gift given, you, you know, I think that's the, hmm. I think, I think that's, that's the Herod showing up in so many ways. Yeah. I, wow. I feel like we could do a whole other episode on commercial. I was going to say, let's talk about that some more. <laughs> uh, well, or why don't we end and then maybe we'll talk about that. Uh, yeah, I'm noting the clock here. So I'm, I'm thinking yeah. maybe we should wrap, but if we want to do a little post-show commercial. Let's do a little post-show about presents. Yeah. All right. I, I would, I would be down with that. So friends, check us out on YouTube if you want to hear the rest of this. There you <laughs> go. There you go. Well, I'm going to do the wrap if that's okay. I think that's fine. You want to wrap right. the presents? exactly (laughs) wow thank you friends for tuning in to pub theology live you can connect of course and spread the word on social media find us on uh, facebook instagram twitter and listen anytime on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play Music, or iTunes. You can rate us uh, in a number of forums. We've had people rating us positively on Facebook lately. Do it on iTunes. And you can watch us. If you think you're having fun just listening, try watching us on YouTube or IGTV. And if you'd like to find a conversation group like this in your town, check out the official directory at pubtheology.com. And if you don't see one in your neighborhood, maybe the Holy Spirit prompting you to start your own. You'll find some resources to do that. And don't forget to join our growing list of supporters at Patreon. Visit pubtheology.com or patreon.com slash ptlive to get started. And until next time, friends, drink responsibly and keep those conversations flowing. I, I, I love how you invite people to uh, start pub theology groups under the prompting of Holy Spirit. That's, that's Was that a little much? <laughs> I find it hilarious. Uh, that was <laughs> a, that, hey, I've never said that before until right now. <laughs> Maybe the Spirit prompted me. Nice. Huh. Or, what, or translate Holy Spirit to your religious context, you know? Mm, no, I think the motivation is beer. <laughs> okay, thank you. Oh. Yes. There you love go. Beer. More accurate. Love More beer. Accurate. I love beer. Still love beer. I still love beer. I still love beer. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs>